tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We will be doing a live recording of Black Lives Matter with Dr. Harris, Marie Else, and Eileen Reed. Brought to you by Brother Tony Bullock. Hi, good evening, everyone. Um, hi, good evening, everyone. Um, welcome to Dr. Harris' Black Lives Matter show. Um, I am hosting the show tonight along with Eileen Reed. Hi, everybody. And we have a special guest. We have a couple of special guests, but one is Tony Bullock. Good evening, everyone. And our founder, who will come in, uh, founder of the Dr. Harris Black Lives Matter show, who will come in in, in just a minute um, and chime in on the topic tonight. So, uh, tonight's topic is releasing the chokehold on black families and youth. Um, first of all, um, I, I do want to start with just saying that um, I'm just glad to, you know, mm -hmm. be here, be amongst um, friends, um, yes. and to be also uh, having this platform provided by uh, Dr. Harris to uh, speak and, mm -hmm. and, and talk and dialogue and try to bring uh, knowledge to one another Absolutely. So we can get the ball rolling and, and start doing the things we need to do in the community right, right. Uh, to heal our community and rebuild. Yes. Um, so I just need to put that out there first. So um, last week. Last week we talked about. Black uh, love. Black love. <laughs> we had a lot of big response and uh, it was really uh, eye opening. Because uh, I really like the way Sister Maria put it in the context of not just love between a man and a woman, but a love between you, uh, an individual and the community. It could be the individual and their church. Um, so what does black love look like? And we, we talked about that and we had a lot of people uh, listening and calling in and, and making comments about that show. So... Good on you, Sister Maria, for uh, choosing that subject because this is sort of like a, um, we started with the black superwoman. Mm -hmm. Then we talked about where was the black superman. And then we talked about black love. So um, so now we've gotten to where we're, we are tonight talking about uh, releasing the chokehold on um on the black community, black youth in particular. Yep. So our families and youth. Our families. So we always start with a little history, um, you know, behind uh, the subject matter. So um, we talked about slavery and how it's, it dismantled uh, not only um, the black family, but it also tried, uh, it did uh, weaken the black man. Right, right. And increase the, the woman's role in, in what she had to do um, mm. because of these uh, handcuffs, these chokeholds choke. uh, that are that were put on the black man. Exactly. Which affected, greatly affected the black family. Yes. And uh, we have to emphasize the man uh, because in order for them to target the man and go after him, they had to know that he held a key and that he uh, was the factor and uh, dominating and oppressing uh, a people for three centuries plus. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Uh, because I think people get the wrong idea sometimes that the the black matriarch as she's portrayed in literature and media is something that the black woman necessarily, you know, relished and, and sought. And that is not always true. This was something that was uh, put upon her, shoved upon her, and she had to, to pick up that mantle in order to keep moving her family forward so far as being alive. And so um, it built up some resentment, you know, but not just between um, other women of other colors, but, you know, sometimes with, with uh, black men who thought the black woman had it easier. She just had it different. She didn't have it easier. Well, if, if you look at history, mm. okay, the way things have always been targeted is if you take out the men, you weaken the structure of that particular group of people. Mm. You think back to when the Egyptians were running things, okay? Let's attack the Hebrews. First mm. thing they do is they take out the men children. Yeah. They take out the men. Mm. Therefore, the women are supposed to be loved helpless and, you know, without guidance. Malibu, so yeah. we can come in and just take over. The same thing happened with here in the U.S. with slaves and with the Indians. Mm -hmm. You take out the men, therefore the women will be helpless. We can come in and take over the culture and do as we see fit. Mm -hmm. Which now leads you to today. When welfare came along, it was like, hey, you really don't need a man to take care of you. Let mm. the government do it for you and keep that man out of your household. And we'll control. And you. we'll control, which is what has been happening for decades and generations. Mm -hmm. Okay, we'll keep, keep the man out and let us provide for you. But while providing for you, we're going to keep you within a certain parameter. So stay in there and don't try to go any further and we'll be all right. But by the same token, they also wanted to denigrate the black family and say, oh, well, you have a missing uh, father figure. Um, you have a missing husband. So therefore, the woman must be promiscuous. Exactly. You know, the man must be shiftless and so on and so forth. And so right. one of the great things about... Um, Dr. Reverend Harris's Black Lives Matter show is that we talk real truth about the black um, situation in America. And we're unapologetically black. And we let day, every day. And three, <laughs> 325. This and is that's, real. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Let's, this is let's real. be clear about that. That's a good thing. So, um, you know, when so when Sister Maria talks about these subjects and, and she frames it a certain way, I want y'all to listen very carefully when she's talking about these subjects because it always has more than one meeting. Oh, yeah. And it's going to open your third eye. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, um, so what is... The chokehold, is it a literal chokehold? Mm. And, and we know, you know, the history mm -hmm. with police brutality right. and, and black and brown yes. um, youth um, yes. and that chokehold. Mm -hmm. And we know it has led to death. And um, but it's not just that chokehold. No. It, we have other chokeholds, the justice right, system right. being a chokehold. You know, incarceration, incarceration. being a chokehold. Employment. Poor schools. Poor schools. Poor uh, like, Low-level yes. low jobs. Yes. Um, you know, um, self-hatred. and. Um, oh, yes. 
<laughs> and, and the mismanagement of, of what they call Christianity, which was used to further enslave us in, in a way. So the chokehold is both visible and visceral and um, where you can't see it, but it impacts our lives every day. We were just talking just before the show started about how many um, African-American uh, communities you have liquor stores on every corner or every other corner. And that is not something that you see. You have all these liquor stores, but you don't have places to buy fresh fruits and vegetables. Exactly. And, uh, exactly. You know, we want to know why. We want to know the reason why. Yes. So, so um, the chokehold in, in the family. So one of the questions, I, I'd like to start with questions because... Um, they help us process and think and explore and throw out uh, different um, ideals and, and so forth. Um, so the first question is, what are the, cho the chokeholds preventing our youth from leading healthy and productive lives, free mm -hmm. of gang involvement and violent crimes? Um, so I do have a couple of guests that are coming on um, and when they come on, they're going to speak a little more to the gang um, lifestyle. What's mm -hmm. appealing about it? Why is it pulling our youth? And what can we do? I mean, if there's a problem, then there's a solution to it. Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. So we want to explore solutions. We It's not good enough just to feed into mm -hmm. um, these private prisons and you know, and keep them uh, thriving and think that we can't take back our communities right. and that we can't take back our families and that we can't take back our youth. Um, it's very false to think that we're helpless and, and hopeless in mm -hmm. being able to accomplish that. But we also know that it's going to take work. It's going to take unity. And it's going to take um, us role, uh, being role models and us modeling um, healthy uh, behaviors, healthy relationships, right. um, and how we talk to each other, how we treat each other, exactly. how we work together. Um, so these are are just some of the things that we know will go into would have to go into yes. um, reaching out to our youth and and get they are our future. You know, Absolutely. everybody has a die date. As well as you have a, a date that you were born, you're gonna have a date that you die. Exactly. And um, part of uh, leaving this earth is leaving a legacy, leaving yes. something for the next generation to build on, teaching them, passing the torch, not just holding on to the torch until the torch just die out, mm -hmm. you know, it, pass the torch and, and, and train our, our youth and teach our youth. Exactly. Um, but it's not just as simple as saying, let's just come together mm -hmm. and train our youth and teach our youth. Then that's the challenge right. in finding solutions. Is it's not always a clear cut um, right. solution, and, and the challenge is actually putting what you say into work, yes. because we can sit all day long and say, "Well, we know that we need to reach our youth, and we know we need to do that." It's no good if all we do is keep saying this is what we need to do, but you got to put those actions into work. Absolutely, you have got to make it happen because if you don't, we have failed. 
another group of children. Well, we have a blueprint. <laughs> we have we have blueprints. Right, um, right. I was listening to KPFA on the way over here, and they were talking about the Black Panthers and how they started the food program, the breakfast program, right, and the shoe giveaway the, the program, shoe giveaway and program. the grocery, you know, and all these things, the health clinics that they started, right, and so. The, the Panthers were a threat to America because we were in the middle of a Cold War. People are trying to figure out, well, people have all these needs and the Panthers are meeting these needs. Why isn't the government doing this? Exactly. They didn't wait on the government. They did it in the same way that um, their grandparents and their great-grandparents came together. Many of them through their church groups or their ladies or, or fraternal orders or whatever. But the Panthers got it done. So what I'm saying all this to say we got a blueprint. We right, don't have right. to start from scratch and reinvent the wheel. We just have to do it. Yes. And and like Brother Tony says, stop talking about it and just get mm -hmm. it done. Get it done. So we have. Um, I'm expecting a couple, a, a couple of, a few um, call-in uh, guests. So I'm I'm gonna bring one in and see if this, see who this is because I don't have a name that pops up. So last uh, four numbers two six eight zero. Can you hear me? Yeah, hi Maria. This is Christina from California Youth Outreach. Hi, Christina. Thank you for calling in. You're welcome. So we um, did an introductory. Um, so can you just introduce uh, what yourself and what you do and and your background? Wow. That's a long time. That's ride, a long Christina. time. That's wonderful. Okay, okay. And you were saying that you reach out to youth that have been impacted by gangs. Are these, when they first come out, are these services available for them or do they have to wait a specific amount of time? Yeah. 
you're going to be able to work with them and they'll follow through on some of the goals that they spoke about when they were incarcerated. Okay. Wow. So, um, Chris, we were just uh, getting into um, the family, you know, how um, the family is often the key to uh, helping young folks avoid or avoid gains or just criminal, uh, certain criminal behaviors. Um, so I, you know, I, I worked with you, you were my supervisor, awesome, um, really, uh, experienced. Uh, that was probably the most experienced and knowledgeable group of, uh, folks that I worked with, um, doing gang intervention. Um, and I, and, and I, I really, uh, love my time, uh, working with you guys. Uh, taught me a lot. So uh, one thing we were talking about, you mentioned something in a post yesterday. Yesterday I did a post asking, what name three things that could keep you from joining games. And we got a lot of great feedback, and I'm going to uh, read some of those uh, comments a little later in the show. Um, but one thing you said is really uh, servicing the entire family. Mm. And you just touched on some of that when you talked about it starts the first day. It starts with making that connection with them while while they're doing the time. Right. Um, so can you just expand on how, what is servicing the whole family? What does that look like? Right. Struggling to maintain control of their kids because they can't be home 24 7 because maybe they're working or 
Chris, could I? Chris, could I ask you a question? This is, this is Aline. Um, when you were talking about the the parents dealing with their own trauma, um, I wanted to ask you about um, drug and alcohol usage, and I, I don't want it to seem like this is our normal pathologies that we're dealing with with people of color or or gang members, but is that sometimes a factor where the parents check out? Um, I, I'm just asking, and if so, and if so, um, do you all have a way to, to um, you know, to assist them in getting better into recovery? Mm. They've never received um, counseling because let's face it, it's not in our culture. Right. So I'm Hispanic, I'm Mexican. You don't go to an outside party to talk about your issues no. within your family, yes. your experience. Um, you know, I'm sure that all cultures have certain ideas about therapy and mm -hmm. talking about those things that people don't normally talk about. Right. I see. That's wonderful. Yes. That's great. Right. That's very, that's very forward thinking um, of your agency. Thank you for, for your answer. Wow. That's cool. Yes, so um, you you mentioned parenting, and um, that brings us back to to the family. Right. And a lot of times, you uh, do better when you know better or know more. Mm -hmm. um, and so, what are what are those fundamental things? What are our, our, our couple of fundamental things uh, that you, in your experience, that you've seen that really uh if instilled in the family it, it really strengthens the family well so i've been a uh, i've been a family wellness instructor and a training trainer for probably over 10 years now and one of the things that i see over and over again that um that intervention workers struggle with their families is <laughs> I think uh, individuals as parents, we tend to take on our parents' parenting style. Mm, okay. so I know that in my own experience, I will catch myself doing or saying some of the same things that, your parents that did. my mother or my father did when yes. they were raising 
Super formal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's great. Everybody's got to eat. It's the one thing that you can do. And start having um, conversations with your kids. You know, check in. You know, and I think that the more that you see your kids, you know, the more you're going to be more in tune with, with, their, uh, with their body right. language. You know, look at them. You know, do they look troubled? Are they not acting? Right. You know, are they high? Are So like a family, it's like a family check-in, but it's it's while we're eating, while we're doing something that we all have to do. <laughs> right. Sounds great. Well, um, I, I love it. I, I love what you had to say and some of the advice. Um, you could definitely uh, stay on the call if you'd like. Um, I'm going to bring another caller in um, that's going to talk a little bit about the breakdown in the family. So uh, feel um, free to, to stay on the call if you like. Um, but if you have to leave, I, I understand also. And just tell your family, they, they, they the best. Please tell them that I said hello and, and I, I miss them. <laughs> that was probably the, the best uh, experience that I've had. I, I haven't learned so much in such a short, short time uh, anywhere else, to be honest. Well, we love having you, and I'm glad to hear that you're still um, that you're still involved in that important work. Thank you for calling. Thank you, in, thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good night. Okay, you too. Bye. Caller two five zero one. Hi, caller 2501. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Hi. Is this Celeste? 
Hey, thank you for calling in. I know um, we we were about four minutes behind, so <laughs> thank you for being patient. Sister Celeste, I saw your post about that. That was powerful.
it just happened. Mm -hmm. And um and the threat. Right. That's part of the chokehold, children having children. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So, it's a crime within itself. This is a big problem. Yes. It's a huge problem. And her parents are going to wind up raising both her and her child. Yes. Yes, we talked about that in our chokeholds as, as, as one of the chokeholds. That's right. Mm -hmm. You know, um, in a father um, in a fatherhood uh, research, um, they said that when a father is actively involved in their child's life, they're less likely to um, experience sexual abuse. Mm. Um, and we know that fathers also that incest uh, goes on, but oftentimes it is that um, boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, uh, coming in that increases mm. the possibility of, of those things. So um, actively involving our fathers, it, it makes a difference all the way around and brings us right back to um, the role of the man and how that has basically led to the dismantling of the black family, which trickles down to um, our future, our youth. Absolutely. Parents forget sometimes that they are their children's first uh, teacher. And what the child sees and learns is going to stick with them throughout their lives. I mean, a lot of us were raised by old school parents, and uh, there was it, it was non-negotiable. You know, uh, every house has to have rules. Um, you know, you don't let trash, uh, you know, come in your house. 
and you definitely don't let it stay. Right. So, uh, so Celeste, can um, can I have you stay on the line? I want to bring in another caller. Um, we're looking for uh, Aaron Foster uh, to call in. I just want to see if this caller may be him. Would you mind staying on? Okay. All right. Thanks so Thank much. Caller 0913, you're on Dr. Harris Black Lives Matter show. Hello, caller. Hello, caller. Can you hear me? Maybe he's got the phone down. Um. Okay, well, um, I'll check back in with caller 0913 in, in, in about a minute. You, you know, instead, I, I listened to the sister mentioning these older gentlemen who have impregnated younger women. And the thing about that is when you find this happening, that younger woman is out there looking for what she is missing at home. That's that father figure. And not saying that this is right because God knows it is not. And virtually, basically, that is a crime that is occurring. But when that father is missing... They are out there searching for that man. Yes, and that's what we're saying. It is unacceptable. No one's saying that is acceptable. That should not be happening. That is a crime within itself. Exactly. So we're talking generational problems. Right. Exactly. Right. Absolutely. Right, right. That they have in life that they can experience, that they have to experience. You know, you know. Exactly. Exactly. You know, Sister Celeste, it's interesting. We're we're talking about this because I remember, I think it had to be like 68, 69, um, when they started doing sex education in schools. And I remember that that my mom was, you know, she allowed me to take the class, but she was up in arms because she said that is the parents' job to talk to their children about sexual relations. And I think a lot of times, you know, it's not just that the 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 girl or the boy is looking for um, that the girl's looking for a, a father figure. I think sometimes they're running, they're running from abuse in the home. And I'm saying that, um, yeah, you know, I know, pe- I know people who, you know, left home at 17 and 18 because they were getting, because of domestic violence. So, um, so I'm agreeing with you on that. I- I'm agreeing with you on that, that it should not be happening. Uh, taking the parents that we have 
mm-hmm. only the responsibilities of being a parent. Mm-hmm. You know, and you'll I have some very strong comprehensive parenting programs, you know, identifying identifying that I have that. Right. Right. Parenting is a full time job. It is a full time job, twenty four seven. Um. Well, I, I'm I'm gonna um, bring in uh, another caller, but uh, right before I do, um, you said, you know, parenting classes, and I know what that did for me. I, I didn't take parenting classes per se, but I took. I was in college and I took child development classes. Hmm. And it helped me understand a lot. It it helped me understand that those tantrums wasn't because my kid was trying to be a brat. It's because their brain could not grasp the, the, um, they were just kind of like, I can't get it out. I can't (laughs) express it the way that for you to understand because, you know, the brain development, how trauma affects uh, uh, children into adulthood. So, um, I really think just even a basic of understanding the development and stages of, of a child so um, the parents know how to deal with it. And and like our last caller, Christina Yee, talked about is setting those boundaries, not being the friend and being consistent. Right. So so I'm going to see uh, who this caller is and bring, and bring this caller in. Caller A three zero five, can you hear me? Hello, yes. Can you hear me? Yes, yes. Uh, we have uh, uh, Celeste on the on the call. We're gonna um, uh, uh, see if she has some um, things that she wants to uh, uh, talk about um, still, and and then we'll bring you on in. This sister Crystal. Yes. Hello. Good evening. Good. Good evening. Okay, Celeste, did, did you, um, were you about to say something? I, I didn't want to cut you off, but I just wanted to bring the caller in. Yeah, just, just one last thing. I usually, uh, when I talk to uh, young parents and you guys just said that, uh, young women in my family, I always recommend a couple of books. It's uh, one by uh, Madness, I think her name is Madness and Favor, and I post it on, uh, on that post so, so that they can it's called How to Talk So Kids Will Listen and Listen So Kids Will Talk. <laughs> and it's also a nice by uh, Carol Tribe called um, Three Theories. And it talks about how children develop and what they uh, and what they need in order 
Thank you, Celeste. Thank you Appreciate for, the call. Uh, for you uh, coming in. You you always are rooting for me, uh, and I, I appreciate that. And uh, you've you've been you've been there. You put in you put in your time here in Fresno, <laughs> even though you weren't born and raised here in Fresno. <laughs> you still out there on the front lines, exposed and stuff the way we like it to be yeah, exposed. That's important. <laughs> Thank you, sis. Have a good evening. Okay. Good night. Good night. So, Sister Crystal. All right. What, what knowledge you got to drop on us tonight? <laughs> we know you got some. <laughs> Oh yeah. The word into action Yes. Yes. But I heard um I think her name was Christina and she was talking about, you know, the overall family. Mm -hmm. And I worked in the industry for over twenty five years. Wow. And it does take the whole family to go through the process at the same time. Sometimes that's Right. Say that. Right, right. So, if the whole family doesn't come to the understanding of the need for services, it could be mental health, it could be parenting, it could be education, whatever it is, then the person that needs to need services will start seeing how sick the family really is. Right, right. 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 Say that. Right. Mm -hmm. Say it. Exactly. Crystal, you, you bring up a point that Sister Maria talks about all the time, putting a Band-Aid or trying to put a Band-Aid when you need major surgery. 
And um, if the family needs major surgery, then that needs to happen because a Band-Aid ain't going to work. Exactly. Especially if you're putting the Band-Aid in the wrong place. That's right. That's right. Right. Say that. Right, right. Right. Break it down, sis. That's right. Then that sapling hole is wrong. Okay. Yeah, okay. That's right. up something that is so important and I'm just going to say this and and I'm trying to listen to what everybody is saying but it's so important for children to be children so many times our children are taking on things that children shouldn't even have to deal with you know feeding their their little brothers and sisters keeping the house clean going to school getting their schoolwork done making sure the clothes are clean for themselves and their siblings you know that's a parent's job you know, it's one thing to have the child have chores, but, you know, it's not cool for the child to have to be a grown-up. No, it is so, not. So, um, you know, I think it's just important to be to be mindful of that. Well, un- unfortunately, today's society now, I, I-, I think it kind of reached this thing to where it became um, where you, 